0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
2: National Harbor Lister Lodge. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Youngest in Charge movement tapped in with you here on this Wednesday night edition of Overtime. We'll take you up to 10 o'clock before we hand things over to Bart Winkler, CBS Sports Radio. In about 10 minutes or so, our pal David Harrison, uh, host of the Locked On Commanders podcast, getting ready to join us. He's live out in Indianapolis at the scouting Combine. He'll give us the latest news and nuggets on who the Washington Commanders are meeting with. Uh, down there in Indy at the Combine. That's coming up in about 10 minutes. Right now, I want to go right back out to the phones. What would you do? How would you feel if the Burgundy and Gold decided, you know what, I don't love any of these quarterbacks at the top of the draft. I'm not Beyonce crazy in love, so why would I take a guy? I get it. I get it that's the way that they decide to go. How would you feel? John is in Sterling. What's going on, John? Hey, great show, man,
3: Uh, as always. Yes, I appreciate it. You're not not wrong, but let me just add to it, if I may. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing some research on it while I've been on hold. You know, for every Andrew Luck, there is essentially a Christian Ponder, right? (laughs) There is a, uh, you know, essentially a Carson Wentz who was drafted high, if you recall. So um, you're not wrong in the sense that it's a a crapshoot. You know, it's a 50-50 chance at best, right? But I think the caller earlier said if you've got the opportunity and you fall in love with one of the players, and that's a big if, mm-hmm. you got to take your shot. I think what I heard, and I, I really do appreciate how you laid it out there with the, the clips, mm-hmm. uh, what Quinn said earlier was, you know, um, game changer, right, from Daniels. Right. If, if your new head coach, who is BFS now with your general manager, <laughs> Is saying apparently, right. if 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 that's the case, and he's saying game changer, and then in comparison to Sam Howe who was what tough <laughs> with a capital T, yeah, with
2: a capital uh, T, capital F,
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it to me, I'm reading between the lines because we're smart people, mm-hmm. and it tells me you're not going to pass on a game changer. And as much as I would love for them to get draft capital, you do have two second round picks. You have a lot of holes, obviously but you have to get a franchise quarterback. You didn't do it when you you selected Chase Young. You could have gotten Tua. You could have gotten Herbert. You can't miss. And if you trade back, you darn sure have to get someone later in the first round because of the CBA, right? right, right with the right. fifth year option, like you alluded to. So I just, I, what I think will happen is they will fall in love with Jaden Daniels and they will take him. They will not trade up to one to get Taylor Williams because it's too much collateral to do so. Mm-hmm and uh, the off-field kind of concerns. But overall, I think I think they're going to go with Daniels.
2: John, I hear you. Whichever way it goes, my friend, you know we're both going to be smiling. I appreciate the call, my man. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. I want to go back and look at some more draft history here. Because the year that I'm talking about, five quarterbacks in round one, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, back in 2021, the year before that, it's a pretty damn good quarterback group. Three quarterbacks going around one. Excuse me. Four quarterbacks going around one. And they all look to be pretty damn good options at the position for their respective franchises. Joe Burrow goes 1-1 overall uh, to Cincinnati. Tua uh goes fifth overall to the Miami Dolphins. The very next pick, Baby Jesus, as I like to call him. Justin Herbert, he goes number six overall uh, to the L.A. Chargers. And then toward the bottom of the draft, love them or love them not. Jordan Love gets drafted to the Green Bay Packers at pick number 26. So while it is a crapshoot and the recent history is all over the place, you could very well hit on a quarterback at number two overall as well. So like I said, I want them to leave no stone unturned. I want them to exhaust all of their options. But the the difference between me and other people is I'm not going to ever, at least during the early portion, the honeymoon phase, I would add, of this regime – You're not going to catch me turning my nose up at any decisions these dudes make. You're just not. You're just not. And the year before that, (laughs) 2020, it was 2019, and was that a doozy? Kyler Murray goes 1-1. Daniel Jones goes number six to the Giants. The late great Dwayne Haskins goes 15 here to Washington. Only one of those guys seem like long-term answers. And based on who you talk to in Arizona, there are some question marks about Kyler Murray moving forward. So like I said, it is a true crapshoot. Should that stop Washington from taking a guy if they love him? No. Because guess what? 26 years old, youngest in charge movement. If I let the first woman in my life who rejected me discourage me from going out pursuing other women, I'd be a 26-year-old virgin. That's just the way life would work. So Washington's in the same boat. If you want to find a quarterback, don't let, don't let, previous history stop you from doing so but the one prereq that i have you must be kanye excuse me beyonce crazy in love (laughs) with the prospect to end up taking him
4: Kanye's just crazy
2: kanye's just crazy (laughs) (laughs) you know what i'm saying i dig what you what what you're saying man let's go out to matt and woodbridge what's going on matt
4: hey what's
5: going on brother how you doing hey check this out man this is what i'm thinking this is what i'm thinking Mm -hmm. man you know what worries me is Daniels is six four, and they say he might be under 200 pounds. That's frail, man. And I don't want another RG3 situation in here. And this new regime, they, no matter what, they are tied to this QB pick. So if in two years this QB doesn't pan out, neither will their career here in Washington. So I don't think they want to be stuck with somebody they're not 100% on. And we have every hole to fill, and you know that. Mm-hmm. So... I think that we should trade back, grab two first-rounders, swap a first-round, and grab two more first-rounders, the second and the third, if we can do it. And then in in another draft, if we fall in love with somebody, we got some draft capital that we can can move up and take them. But if they marry themselves to a QB who ends up uh, having a short career because they're frail – then I mean, I mean that, that regime, that regime is gone. I mean, we can't do do a tush push with a dude that's six four and one hundred ninety five pounds. Man, he's bouncing slam off that line, man. It's, they might they might rename it the the the, the butt bounce because that man, man he's bounce. he's bouncing from the goal line on back to the twenty five yard line. Man. Wow, we need somebody with some with some legs behind him, man. We need a quarterback, a strong quarterback here in Washington.
2: Bell getting rang to the butt bounce, Matt and Woodbridge. I appreciate the call. This is the one thing that that I also get annoyed and frustrated with. People are already looking ahead at next year's quarterback class saying, it's not as good as this one. Are y'all stuck on stupid? Are y'all serious when y'all say stuff like this? Who the hell was talking about Jaden Daniels this time last year? Nobody. Nobody. So to act like next year's class is so damn bad and, and that you can't possibly get a franchise quarterback next year, Wake up, people. I understand th- this is how it gets, man. Y'all want, y'all, 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 y'all fans, y'all find y'all guy, and y'all latch on to him. And there's nothing nobody can say wrong about him. And then if you don't like a guy, you feel the same exact way. There's nothing you could ultimately say wrong about him. I, I, I just don't, I don't buy that this is the year that you have to get it. Because the consensus generational prospect between the evaluators seems to be Caleb. So, initially, I'm like, yeah, if you love Caleb, go get him, because I don't think next year there is a Caleb-type prospect. There may be a Jaden Daniels next year. There may be a Drake May next year. You get what I'm saying? Let's go out to let's go to James and Warrington. What's going on, James? Hey, Linnell, what's going on? What's going on, buddy? I'm good.
4: Hey, um, I wouldn't be mad at all if we traded from the number two spot, because, you know, there's holes along this team in general, like, especially our offensive line. You know, we need tackles. We don't need just one tackle. We need tackles. <laughs> and we need guard. Oh, exception where Sam Cosby, you can revamp this whole line for all I care. Um, I don't have faith in our tight end room. You know, we need depth and, uh, along the linebacker core and us another starter. We need edge rushers. You know, we could use some more pieces in the secondary. Look, this team needs a lot of work before we anywhere near our playoff contention, and one quarterback is not going to fix it.
2: Yeah, James, I I agree with what you're saying wholeheartedly, but just to play devil's advocate here, the one thing to the folks that do want to stay at number two and take a quarterback, I do agree with you on this. If you hit on the guy and he ends up being him, it mitigates all the other weaknesses that you have on your roster. Look at what C.J. Stroud was able to do to that Houston Texans team. Their offensive line wasn't very good. Their receiving core uh, wasn't the bell of the ball. But they got the quarterback in there, and he turned it around. But the key is, James, like we're saying here, you got to get it right ultimately. Absolutely. James, Absolutely. I agree.
4: Yep. Um, do you think uh, Cliff Kingsbury – I see a thing that cracks me up. I, I want to believe in the guy, but there's the whole Colin Murray situation. That <laughs> that, that That's what makes me
2: a little shaky. Yeah. James, about, I appreciate yeah. the call. I'll answer it off air, the question off air, and I appreciate you. I like Cliff Kingsbury because if y'all can't tell, I like everything this group's doing right now because I'm happy we went through the process the right way. GM, ownership, head coach, all aligned. That's all I've asked for. Now, the Cliff Kingsbury thing, he he is on a – he is on getting judged week by week because, trust me, I know some of the shortcomings that Cliff had in Arizona. He couldn't even get Kyler to study. So how is he supposed to develop a young quarterback here? He couldn't get Kyler to open up the damn playbook. So I do have my reservations about Cliff, but I'm all on board for whatever this group is ultimately trying to do. 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor Lister lines. If you're on the line, stay there. We've got a guest coming up right now, 815. My man, David Harrison, host of the Locked On Commanders podcast, set to join us next live out in Indianapolis at the Scouting Combine here on the fan
1: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: If you're on the phone line, stay there. We'll get to your calls after my conversation with David Harrison, host of the locked on commanders podcast. It is overtime here on one Oh six, seven, the fan we're always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement, taking you up to 10 o'clock before we hand things over to CBS sports radio right now Want to go out to the BetQL guest hotline is where we find our pal David Harrison, the host of the Locked On Commanders podcast. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at dharrison82. And please check out the Locked On Commanders podcast on YouTube and wherever you download your podcast. David, what's going on, my man? Hey, what's up, man? How you been? I'm good. I'm good. I know you're out there in Indianapolis at the scouting Combine, so we'll get right into it. Uh, obviously, you had Adam Peters and Dan Quinn take the podium yesterday. Uh, I I preface this by saying I understand how difficult this time of year is to take the podium when you're doing your best not to, you know, tip your hand, so to speak. But what was your biggest takeaways from their media availability yesterday?
4: Uh, I mean, I I like their kind of their their honesty as far as like where they are in the process as far as, you know, evaluating the roster and, and, and kind of they know, like right now they know what they want this thing to look at, look like they know what they want each player position group to look like and they know the kind of guys they're looking for. What they're trying to figure out now is who on the roster fits those molds and then also who from the draft class fits those molds, at least as far as they can tell in this part of the process, and then they'll go into free agency. So it really is. And, you know, I think Dan Quinn kind of, kind of talked about just kind of keeping everything in order, you know what I mean? Like just understand what is the main thing right now because I think the way he put it is make sure the main thing is the main thing. And the way that I learned this, the exact same spirit of it is if everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. So make sure that the priority is center stage, you know. So today that might be talking to, to potential prospects. Tomorrow it might be diving into the offensive line group that's on the roster for 2024, who you want to keep, who you don't want to keep. So, right. like, you know, it's, it's all kind of happening simultaneously. But then at the same time, it, it can't happen at the exact same time in, 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 mo- in the moment.
2: Yeah, I understand it completely. They've obviously got a big-time decision to make when it comes to quarterback and that number two overall pick. It seems like here over the past 24 to 48 hours, it's become more and more apparent based on some of the comments from the national media uh, and from listening to Adam Peters and Dan Quinn speak that everything is really on the table at this point, and they are going to thoroughly exhaust every option. I'm going to actually put your fan cap on here for a second, David. Is there a decision that they could make uh, within the next couple of months, in regard to quarterback and that number two overall pick, that would make you turn your nose up and say, "Huh."
4: Um, signing Kirk Cousins, <laughs> I think that's. Yeah, I think that's the only decision that I would just probably be like, I don't like this decision. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and at the end of the day, it's, it's really, I mean, you know, we all have our, our different walks in life and, you know, it's really not my job to approve or disapprove of anything that they do. You know, it doesn't mean I don't speak my opinion on whether or not I approve or disapprove. Um, but, you know, if, if they're in there making decisions, wondering if I'm going to approve of it, or if anybody else in the media circuit is going to approve of it, then they're very quickly going to find themselves on the outside of that conversation anyway. Um, <laughs> but I think that, you know, What what we tried to so I always go back to like Emmanuel Forbes right so Emmanuel Forbes very clearly was not anybody's prediction or pick when they when they came on the clock obviously Christian Gonzalez is sitting there we talked a lot about him studied a lot on him and everything else so when Emmanuel Forbes was the pick like I didn't make it a secret on my show or to anybody I talked to that I, I was not disappointed or not necessarily kind of flabbergasted by going that direction but from that moment on you you kind of quickly get that out there and then it's like okay, why did they make the decision? What are they telling you they made the decision based off of? And then what do you see further into that? Or how do you read contextually into that to make, to to figure out why this decision could make sense. And that's where you go for it. And then you hope that, you know, in in the case of a rookie, especially that everything works out and and those motivations prove to be fruitful, unfortunately, at least in year one, and it's only one year, uh, Emmanuel Forbes, those motivations were not, you know, so we'll see how that moves forward. But same thing for a quarterback, like, but you listen to what, these guys are saying about what they want in a quarterback, strong arm, Kirk Cousins got a deep ball accuracy, certainly capable, but where you know, toughness. I don't think anybody, you know, is going is to argue with Kirk Cousins toughness, but the extending the playability, you know what I mean? Right. And that's something that is high up on the list and really something that, that, you know, I'm not, I don't have the direct quote in front of me, but basically has been said, like, this is a requirement in today's NFL and I agree with that. I think that that's, it, it's no longer a luxury to have a mobile quarterback or quarterback that can extend plays. It's now a need and Kirk just can't do it. You know what I mean? Like, like for whatever reason you want to you cite, he just doesn't have that capability. So signing him, not that I don't like Kirk Cousins in a vacuum, but signing him, I would just say, like, okay, everything you've been saying, though, doesn't really fit this decision. And now I question why the decisions are being made or how they're being made versus what the, what the public statement is, is, you know, in reality. So that's, that's the only reason I, I say that. But every other option, man, I mean, Justin Fields, Russell Wilson – uh, you know, trading up for Caleb, sticking in with Jaden, sticking with Drake, trading back and getting Jaden or Drake, like all of those other options. I mean, you could even go as far as, if we want to get real crazy with it, trading back and taking J.J. McCarthy later on in the draft weekend. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's a lot of options that would make sense based on what they said, even if you don't necessarily agree with that path. Right.
2: And I think, as a lot of people have alluded to, you know, David, there are a litany of other holes along the roster. So that's part of the reason why, to me, Trading back doesn't sound that crazy, but the one pushback that I continue to get is you got to shoot your shot when you are in the top five going up and trying to uh, find that uh, long-term answer at the quarterback position. you got to take advantage of it because you probably won't be there for a while. I want to ask you about the defensive side of the football, David, here real quick. I know uh, Cam Curl and his representatives have been in contact uh, with Washington, and Adam Peters spoke about that yesterday and talked about you know, mm-hmm. just how good of a chess piece Cam Curl could be for this organization. Now, Greg Curl, his dad, is on Twitter talking about how the motorcycle bike helmet will look good and jet green. What do you ultimately think happens with Cam Curl? And then based on what you've seen from him the past couple of years, should Washington Excuse me, should Washington be hell-bent on re-signing him no matter what?
4: Uh, I mean, I think that the deal gets done. You know, I think that, if Adam Peters is, is publicly talking about it, which obviously he did, then, then, you know, I, I feel like he's probably pretty confident that they're close on getting a deal done. And, and, you know, Cam's probably going to be around a little bit. And we spoke about Cam, you know, previously. And and he's just, he's got that kind of skill set that if you have a defensive coordinator coach, who's, who's creative enough and desire, desires the, the ability to be creative, to use people who have versatility, Cam's your guy. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's going to be one of those guys, The the biggest question I think has always been, you know, the public perception of how much Cam Curl may or may not be demanding and what he's actually demanding and then what he's willing to take uh, in a deal. And, and you know, I, I think that, you know, an agent is, an agent's job is not to just, you know, make his client feel like he's just the greatest player in the world. The agent's job is to go get his client as much as possible. Certainly secure his future as much, much as possible, but also be a, real, a, a realistic broker, right? Tell them right. what the real environment is. So if Cam wants X amount of dollars and that's just not in the, the realm of reality, if his agent isn't telling him that and, and giving him good cause for why and then telling and GM just outlining it, you know, it can be a tricky situation, right. uh, then that, 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 that agent's not doing their job. So I feel like at the end of the day, like these conversations are going to be had based in reality, Uh, And Cam will, you know, will get a deal that is is fair uh, and and the team will be happy with as well.
2: Uh, One thing that Adam Peters said right here on these airwaves when he joined Grant and Danny is that, you know, don't expect Washington to go out and be massive big spenders when it comes to free agency. Just asking your reaction on it, David. You buying that or do you think, you know, it's more of a negotiating ploy? Because if agents go out and hear that Washington's ready to spend big, (laughs) they're going to bring that up at the negotiating table.
4: I mean there there's some truth to that too, but you know I, I think it that's a prudent way to do it. Yeah. Um, and the thing the great thing about it is it's really relative, right? because you know what's what's not spending a whole lot? Well, when you've got <laughs> uh, nearly a hundred million dollars in cap space, you yeah. spend forty million dollars. you're still looking at about sixty million in cap room, ten million dollars for the draft class. you still got fifty million uh, and, and, you know in, in, the, in, your, in your pocket. and you know to to the New Orleans saints, for example, uh, who have to clear like 40 million just to get above the cap or whatever it is like that's that's a ton of money you know what i mean but uh you know to to the team to another team that's sitting there with 80 million that's just a, a good amount of money so i think that really i think what's what's best in in this this group's situation is you know again going back to the, the process of evaluating their own roster you know at the end of the day everything that you're evaluating is still a projection even guys who have already played like you've seen you can watch cam curl NFL tape, you're not watching college tapes, so you right. know what Cam Curl has done in the NFL. That's great. But you don't know what Cam Curl is going to do in Joe Witt's defense yet right. because that's not happening, right? So you're going to sign some deals. You're, you're going to make some some projections and, and all these things. But if you go spend $80 million this year uh, and 40% of your roster that you thought was going to fit doesn't fit, yeah. well, now you're broke next year and you're <laughs> stuck with that contract. So I think the prudent thing to do is – Maybe one or two splash signings, you know what I mean. I would love a Patrick Queen uh, to come in, and and you know maybe if there's a receiver that hits the open market uh, that you feel like would complement Terry really well and be kind of a co number one receiver out there, go ahead and do something like that or an offensive lineman. I really like the uh, the interior offensive line free agency class more than sure. I do the tackle free agency class. So maybe go get a free agent center or guard or a guy that can do a little bit of both and make you know two splash signings and then again, like, like Adam Peters already said, build through the draft the rest of the way. See what your, what your roster looks like after 2024, uh, you know, and that's where fans got to be a little bit patient because, you know, if it goes well, fantastic. But if it doesn't, that's it's still valuable because now this team will hopefully have more information and maybe you see a more aggressive 2025 offseason where they're now equipped with not just knowing who the guys are, but knowing who they are within the, their schemes uh, and what they want from them.
2: Joined right now by David Harrison, the host of the Locked On Commanders podcast. Make sure you give him a follow on the old X app at dharrison82 and tap into that Locked On Commanders podcast on YouTube and wherever you download uh, your podcasts at. David, something that's a little bit non-football related here. We got some news as we were about to have you on the air here. Uh, the, they got the necessary votes to move the RFK vote to the Senate. And a lot of people you know, expect this thing to get passed through. When mm-hmm. you look at how big of a hot-button topic this is and how many people want the team back at RFK. I look at it like this, David. I'm happy with them going back to RFK, but it seems like they're going to ask for some public funding here. Do you yeah. think with 21 limited partners, they have the right to go out and ask for public funding? Um, I mean that's that's a
4: tricky question i think that you know asking for public funding is just kind of the way that it is and and i I never like to be the kind of like that's just the way that's done type of person Mm -hmm. because just because it's done one way doesn't mean it can't be done a better way um but you know at at the same time i also question uh what is you know what's what's the contribution back to the community right Right. because not everybody who would be funding uh that project is going to be a football fan so you know to the to the non-football fan taxpayer what is the benefit to that person? And and I think that's where you really need to deliver some kind of a message, you know, and, and, and a lot of these plans have talked about infrastructures that have nightlife and businesses and housing and, and they're going to create X amount of jobs and all that. stuff. and that's all, you know, that's, that's all a benefit to the community. So even if you're not a football fan, but you're a fan of making a good living, well, there might be a job opportunity for you there. You don't have to be a football fan to make a good living off of the facility or, you know, whatever it is. So, that's, that's really my question. Anytime you ask for public funding on something, it's just, it, it would be, you know, nice. It doesn't always happen, unfortunately, <laughs> right. but it would be great if our leaders and politicians and decision makers, uh, you know, said, hey, everybody's going to chip in to this, but here's where everybody benefits. Like, here's where this demographic, that demographic, that demographic, here's where everybody's going to benefit from this, instead of just saying, you know, I don't know, just just deal with it and and, and you know pay your bills and and be quiet the corner. But you know, unfortunately, that's not the way it always happens. Right. But it would be great, you know. But um, I think that the, everybody with you know everybody with an honest football passion. I mean, you know, the RFK side is classic, man. I mean, I I, I don't live in in the DC area. You know, you know, I live you know a couple hours out right. from that area. But I mean, you know, so so selfishly, like I wanted in like you know Sterling, but like <laughs> right. If it's if you ask me, do I do I want to stay? I can choose R F K side or Sterling. It's got to be R F K, man. Like that, you know what I mean? Like that's just that, that's 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 you know it's hollow ground or whatever however you want to put it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, as far as asking, asking for public funding, that's to me that's just where you know if there's if there's any real leaders in those positions, that's that's what you got to do, man. Is just just let everybody know why it, it's a benefit for everybody that everybody should be happy to contribute to.
2: David, I'll let you go on this, my friend. I know you got to run. I'm looking at Bucky Brooks mock draft that he dropped yesterday. Three defensive tackles only going in the first round. Jerzon Newton of Illinois to mm-hmm. number 18 to the Bengals. And you got uh, pick number 23, Byron Murphy the second going to the Houston Texans. If mm-hmm. you are the Washington Commanders here, and someone picks up the phone and tries to acquire John Allen via trade, is it something mm-hmm. that Washington should consider doing? And then, do you expect it to happen? based on how thin the defense, the interior defensive line class is?
4: You know, the thing about – so speaking of like the John Allen situation, and and there's a massive grain of salt that has to be uh, thrown into here, is, is I'm an outsider observing just like everybody else is. I mean, granted, you know, I'm in the locker room when he's saying some of the frustrated things and, and all that. That's fine. But I'm not in the building, and I'm not in the meeting rooms, and I'm not in – the locker room conversations that happen when the media's around. I don't know what he said to Coach Quinn, Adam Peters, Josh Harris, all of these things. So with the limited scope of, of vision that I have on what John Allen's kind of position has done with the team, you got multiple comments of him publicly, you know, and, and the thing about it is, it's like every human being can understand why, a person in John Allen's situation would think, man, do I, do I need to go somewhere else to be happier with my professional life? Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody can understand that. But what John knows and, and certainly understands because he's been doing this long enough and he's a smart guy is in this business, you, those optics are terrible. Yeah. Those optics are absolutely <laughs> terrible. And you're a leader in that locker room period, whether you have a captain's patch on or not, you are a leader in that locker room. And I have a real hard time when someone who's considered a leader in a locker room does those kinds of things in that kind of a way. Um, but again, why was it done? What was the purpose behind it? What was, you know what I mean? Those are all things I can't tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if, if Josh Harris, Adam Peters and Dan Quinn have had those conversations with him and they feel like even with those things being said last year, because again, man, this might take a year or two, you know yeah. what I mean? So right. if, if if they bring him back and this team wins six games next year, is he going to be, you know, the, 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 the loyal soldier, you know, taking up the fight and, and, and keeping the motivation high amongst the troops. Or are we going to have the same situation? Because if you're going to have the same situation, then it's just best to cut ties and let everybody go on to healthier pads. But if John is reinvested, reinvigorated, and is is is, is down for being a good leader in in this organization, then, I mean, you're not going to get anybody better in the draft yeah. for 2024, 2025, or even 2026. Like if, if any of these guys become better, it's going to take them a few years, I think, right. because that's, I think that's how solid John Allen is and can be.
2: David, I appreciate you giving me some time as always, my friend. Enjoy the time out there in Indy.
4: Yes, sir. Appreciate you.
2: That is David Harrison, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you give him a follow on the X app at D Harrison eighty uh, two, and download the Locked On Commanders podcast wherever you get your podcast, Make sure you tap into the Locked On Network uh, as well for plenty of good coverage on the uh, other thirty one teams across the National Football League. We will take a quick timeout when we come back. DC native Caleb Williams doesn't have an agent, so it's kind of hard up for him to publicly get his message out. He did a one-on-one interview uh, yesterday with Pete Bamble of ESPN. We'll read you the best of that next. You're on The Fan.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role.
2: Big shout out to our guy, David Harrison, the host of the Locked On Commanders podcast for joining us in that last segment. If you missed any of my conversation with David, you're in luck. Make sure you download the always free Odyssey app. Use the Odyssey Rewind feature and go back to the 820 segment for my conversation with David. Always good catching up with him. He is live out in Indianapolis at the NFL scouting combine. A lot of big time rumors being tossed around. As to what Washington's going to do at the top of the draft, what is Chicago going to do at the top of the draft? Will they move off of Justin Fields? uh, Or will they potentially stay put with that number one overall pick uh, and take Caleb Williams out of USC? All big-time topics that we'll be tossing back and forth between now and April. On the Justin Fields front, though, I do expect something to happen here within the next week or so. If you think about it, right, last year was about 13 days after the NFL scouting combine when we had the news that Chicago and Carolina I had made the big-time trade for the Bears to acquire that, uh, or for the Panthers, excuse me, to acquire that number one overall pick. So buckle up. We may get something sooner rather than later. Chris is out in D.C. once tap him. What's going on, Chris? Chris, you there, buddy? Chris is dropped okay he's on hold for a while so i get it 1-800-636-1067 is the number Wanted to touch on this caleb williams feature story that uh was put out earlier today he sat down with pete thamel of espn and kind of gave a little bit of insight as to what he is thinking now this uh this interview, to me, is super intriguing for a couple of different reasons. Because Caleb Williams doesn't have an agent, it's, like it's all the more important that he gets out in front of any minutia that comes out during this NFL draft process. And we know from prior experience how this thing works. There are going to be rumors. There are going to be people putting out just complete false information about Caleb and other prospects just to hope that they can potentially slide to their draft slot. We've seen this happen year after year after year in the NFL draft. It's just what happens here. So for Caleb Williams to do a sit-down one-on-one interview uh, that was transcribed earlier today by Pete Thamel of ESPN, it's huge. It is huge. And some of the key quotes that come out of this thing uh, really give you some insight as to what type of kid Caleb is and whether or not all the rumors that we heard uh, were really true. So one of the things that stood out to me right away is I'm not pushing any agenda. At the end of the day, the Bears had the last say, regardless of how I feel, I'm not pushing an agenda of, yeah, I want to go or no, I don't want to go. I'm excited for whatever happens that shuts down what we had heard prior that, you know, Maybe Caleb would want to force his way to Washington. Or maybe Caleb views Chicago as a situation where he can't thrive. This is right from the horse's mouth. He doesn't care where the hell he gets drafted. And whether that's true, whether Caleb's being honest or not about it, I can care less. He said the right thing. And a lot of the times when it comes to these pre-draft interviews and when these kids are talking to these teams, you don't necessarily always got to tell the truth. And I'm not encouraging Anyone to go out and lie. Sometimes in the pre-draft process, you got to cap a little bit for your own personal benefit. Imagine if Caleb would have came out in this article and said, Man, forget the Chicago Bears, dog. I want to go to Washington. I want to be back home in the nation's capital. People would have ripped him to shreds. Now, what I said could very well be true. Caleb could very well feel like, you know what? I ain't going to Chicago. I want to go to D.C but he didn't put himself out on the line and say that. That's what I'm excited about. This is what Williams had to say about what he's looking for in an NFL franchise. This is a dude that was labeled as a diva, remember? Just the consistent growth and change. That's important, whether you're a quarterback or a wide receiver or a general manager or an owner of an organization. Just a healthy situation in the facility with the players and just a place that really wants to win. That's it, that's all. Not looking for ownership stake. Not looking for a team to, you know, rename their stadium after him, although the commanders could potentially do that. You're not looking for any of that. This is a kid that just wants to win. And the one thing, talking to people around this area locally that covered him on the high school level and, you know, are, are privy to how the family thinks, a lot of the stuff you're hearing come out is just straight bull job. It just is. And like I continue to say, this is what happens when you don't have an NFL agent. You don't have anyone out there to fight the fires for you, so to speak. That that matters to me. Something else that really got me and made me, you know, perk my ears up about Caleb, something that he said that really caught my attention. Being able to see who I am as a person in my heart for the love of football and winning games. That's what I think they'll get from it, talking about the meetings and my intensity about being on a team and going out there and kicking ass with my new brothers. That's what I'm excited about. That's who I am. Now, you go out there and you read some of the reports about who Caleb is. They'll call him a diva. They'll say he's not the ideal leader for a locker room. But just listen. Just listen to what the kid had to say about what he's looking for, what he's expecting, what the expectations are. He's saying all the right things. The hope is is that that translates to the meeting room where you're having in-person one-on-one conversations. This was a phoner that got transcribed. Caleb also went on uh, to say this in terms of what he's focusing on in his off-season workouts. Basically everything. We're shooting for the stars and trying to nitpick the small things, Caleb says. They become big things in a long season. There's nothing really that we're not working on. I am a perfectionist. I want to be perfect. In reality, though, you can't. I love that. That's the mentality that you want to have uh, when it comes to a quarterback that you're going to be handing your franchise over to. So despite all the noise that you've heard out there pre-draft about what type of cat Caleb Williams is, I don't buy any of it. Because you heard it from the horse's mouth. As we mentioned, he is slated to meet with Washington tonight as Monks, uh, as well as a host of other teams as well. Uh, So we'll start to find out here in the next 24 to 48 hours how those meetings went. And whether or not he was full of it earlier, when he was talking to ESPN's Pete Thamel, take a quick timeout when we come back. Peter King joined Grant and Danny earlier today, but before he did that, he was on the Dan Patrick Show, and he gave some insight as to why he thinks the Bears will trade that number one overall pick. All that more next here on the Fan. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. is the number on the MGM National Harbor Lister Lodge. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Talking all things quarterback when it comes to the Washington Commanders. Big-time decisions that they have to make between now and April when it comes to that position. Will they stay put with that number two overall pick coming up in April's draft? Or will they decide to move up? Now, the one thing that we constantly... Talk about here with Washington and what they plan to do at quarterback. One of the options that they have, my favorite option, I might add, isn't really up to them. As I said at the top of the show, people like it, love it, hate it. The home of Deep Dish Pizza, Chicago, the Burrs, they control the 2024 NFL draft. Ryan Poles and company control this draft. When you've got two picks. Within the top nine picks, you got a little bit of ammo. You got a little bit of leeway as to what happens uh, throughout this draft. You're in control of everything. The one thing I continue to say about Ryan Poles, and this is for the people out there that think, "Oh, it's a can't miss. It's, it's a can't. It's a no-brainer decision." Sorry, to take Caleb Williams at the top of the draft. I remind you that Ryan Poles, one of his first moves on the job with the Chicago Bears, people, was to trade the number 32 pick for Chase Claypool. How did that work out? Where is Chase Claypool now? So let's not act like these general managers are brainiacs out there. Let's call it what it is, too, in Chicago. He's got a record of 10 and 24 since he's taken over as the general manager of the Bears. 10 and 24. If uh, if you're Ryan Poles, it's starting to get a little warm, isn't it? You have to figure out quarterback this offseason. Whether that's figuring out whether or not Justin is the long-term guy, or if you decide that he's not, you got to hit on whoever you take. But based on the current state of the Chicago Bears, based on what we've seen from Justin Fields the last three seasons, I've always thought, Ryan Poles, what are you doing? Why would you want to move on from Justin Fields? If you decided last year it wasn't a good option to move on from him, why would you decide this time around that it all of a sudden is? I'm not the only one who thinks like that. Peter King, a longtime NFL columnist, as you remember, put out in his final column that he's not reporting, but he thinks... Chicago will move off of that number one pick. He joined the Dan Patrick show earlier today and went into a little bit more detail about why he thinks Chicago will trade that number one overall pick. Here's Peter King.
6: I just believe I if I am Ryan Poles, you know what I have on my team? I have a B quarterback with about 10 significant holes. I probably in the next two drafts could take the first pick in this draft and turn it into along with my other picks, a total of maybe eight picks in the top two rounds in the next two drafts. I could do that. Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you build a great team around a B quarterback instead of drafting a quarterback who might be an A quarterback, but, it's the hardest thing to project in all of sports. What quarterback when you when you that you draft is going to be great. Look at the misses over the years. So in my opinion, if your locker room loves Justin Fields, if you know that you can surround Justin Fields with a supporting cast the way Brett Veach and Andy Reid have surrounded Patrick Mahomes, With a supporting cast, to me, it's not a very difficult decision. But I don't know what they're going to do, Dan. I put that in basically because you just keep hearing things about this. And I just believe that the smartest thing for them is to trade the pick.
2: What did Peter King say? You just keep hearing things, people. That's the talk around the water cooler right now. Is that, hmm, Chicago may be looking to trade this pick. Now, obviously, that's still my dream scenario, but all options are still intriguing to me as a fan. All options to me are super intriguing to me still as a fan. Whether or not they go up and get Caleb, whether or not they stay put at number two, hell, whether or not they trade back and try to select the quarterback later on in the first round. Everything is intriguing here when it comes to the Washington Commanders. It just is. Final hour of power coming up on the other side of this break. We're going to take a big-picture look at the National Football League. We'll reintroduce one of my staple segments I like to do every now and then on here on Overtime. It's Steamy Takes Only, my three bold predictions for the NFL offseason. That's next on The Fan. You could spend the
0: weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.